You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. I have a few things to say to you today, so I want to ask you to please not fast forward this part of the program because I know at least 50% of you do. I want to make an announcement. We have made a little bit of a mistake uh, that we figured out just the other day. Uh, There were hundreds of you that have signed up for the Fireplace Church to be notified and to receive invitations that we were not aware of. And some of that had to do with the confusion of the way the web page was set up on our website. We were looking at people that had added the product to cart. A lot of you had just signed up for it with another button on that page. That's our fault. Um, And we're really sorry about that. I realize that uh, we have a lot more interest in attendance in the Fireplace Church than we were working with. We were only inviting about half of you that wanted to be invited. So we are changing everything. And this is the announcement. From now on, if you go to bridemovement.com at 7 p.m. on Sunday evenings, go to resources and the Fireplace Church. There's a button. You can click it and it will automatically link you into the meeting. It is that easy. We are going to also send out an email to those of you that have signed up and uh, to those because we were getting a lot of emails saying, you know, I'm not getting the links. And we were confused. Like, why aren't you getting the links? Um, Now we know Uh, we're going to send out an email explaining this little announcement. And every week, if you're on our list, um, the 400 of you or so that are on there, you will be getting a direct link in your email um, from our mail email server uh, and and that will allow you to just click a button and you will be right into our meeting we've been using the webex platform we are going to now be simplifying this to make it as easy as possible for you to join and we do apologize for those of you that have signed up and have not been able to join us in a service to this date i have another thing to say we are now offering classes again not really you know but but small groups through the fireplace church if you want to join one of those the instructions are given after each fireplace church service we're explaining to you how you can be part of that uh, so if you want to sign up for those and be part of our growing community at bride ministries you're gonna to have to show up at the fireplace church to get those instructions and Join because we want you to be part of our community. That's the whole reason for the Fireplace Church vision was to engage an internet community centered on the kingdom of God. And with that said, okay, I just want to also again say thank you for those of you that continue to support us. Let me tell you, we have begun investing heavily in our website. This is a praise report. We have seen a 4,000, nearly 4,000% increase in website traffic in the past month. We were... I mean, and literally, this is a statistic, doing about 3,000 visits to our website a month, which has climbed to over 100,000, 100,000. And um, I am, I'm just praising Jesus for that. Uh, that. That's clearly a sign of his favor, his blessing, his honor upon the ministry that we are providing and what we are making available to people. And we want to continue to see that grow. I, I want to thank you for those of you that have stood by us, have supported us. And for those of you that are getting on board to support us now, uh, the, the more support that we have, the more we're able to do. And if you would like to support us, just go to bridemovement.com, click donate, and you 
are joining and linking arms with us. With that said, we just bless you in the name of Jesus. We're going to be right back with the program. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that I'm thinking, Dan Duvall, because you think I think in the first person, <clears throat> Dan Duvall. How awkward can I make people feel with my program today? My response to your thinking about my thinking is that your thinking is wrong about my thinking, and you should know that. I am not actually here thinking. How weird and awkward can I make you feel? Although I probably do make you feel awkward and weird sometimes. And I'm okay with that. Folks, today I'm here to actually educate because I think there are some really cool things that God has opened me up to, shown me, and I think they will help you. Now, this is going to make some of you feel really awkward. That's not my fault. Okay? It's your fault. And I want you to know that. Okay, so... Um, we are going to be talking about angels, guys. It's, and, and the thing is, I think that the body of Christ is, is, is very, very uneducated about the angelic realm. Uh, a lot of people get very uncomfortable. They shift in their chair. They get very, very, um, did I already use the word uncomfortable? With the subject of angels. Because, well, and of all, don't you know that New Agers talk about angels? And working with your angels, and they're all full of demons. So how can we as Christians talk about angels? Um, and, and, and I love that opinion because I love to rebuke it. The thing is, Christians have known about angels before New Agers was a term. As a matter of fact, before Christians had angels, Jews had angels. Israelites had angels. And before Israelites have angels, let's just talk about humanity. Because humanity has been engaging with the angelic realms since Adam walked the earth. As a matter of fact, when you read in the book of Genesis and you read the story about how God cast man out of the garden, you see that God set an angel to guard the garden. He also set a fiery sword that turns every which way. And I, uh, it really bugs me that people get so superstitious about the subject of angels. Genesis 3.24 says, So he drove out man, and he placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden. Folks, angels predate New Age. They predate Christianity. They predate the Jews or Israel. They predate um, all post-flood activity. They go back to the very garden. And as a matter of fact, if you read in Job 38, it says that the sons of God sang together. The morning stars shouted for joy as God was laying the foundations of the earth. And so, you know, Angels have been around. And, and the idea that Christians get a little shifty when you begin to talk about angels and the angelic realm is, in my opinion, absolutely ludicrous. 
So everybody that feels awkward right now about the fact that I am talking about angels, I want you to raise your hand and then I want you to take your other hand and I want you to slap it and put it down and, and repent. Okay, so now that we've gone through that exercise, I, I, I'm really excited, guys, because I, um, I have seen the power of God move through his armies and agents. And I have watched how partnering with the resources of God, which include his angelic realms, have unlocked breakthrough in the lives of so many people. And in our ministry, when we're working with survivors of satanic ritual abuse, government-sponsored mind control projects, you know, things dealing with really tough bondages, we find ourselves working with the angels of the Lord all the time. And, you know, some people say, well, why does God need angels when he's God? He's omnipresent, isn't he? So if he's everywhere all at once... He could just do it. So if I just pray to Jesus, I don't need to deal with angels. So why are you talking about angels? Let, let me explain to you what it's like to be a king. Now, when a king has a jurisdiction over a kingdom, he's actually in charge of everything. Uh, the kingdom is actually a representation of the king. And in that kingdom... Is the king actually scrubbing every toilet, feeding every mouth, ministering to every boo-boo? Um, yeah, in a way, but through the provisions that he is overseeing. And yes, does Jesus show up in the spirit and heal people? Sure, but he also has armies of angels in different divisions and categories with different job descriptions that go forth in his name and do his bidding. They go forth in his name and do his bidding. And this is something that we need to understand because, look, just like Jesus Christ walked the earth as a man, but now he has many ministers in the earth speaking on his behalf to advance his government in the earth. So Jesus Christ is in the spirit, but he has many angels that have gone forth in the spirit to advance his government in the spirit and to interface with man in different ways as, well, it is fitting. And what we need to understand as believers is that we are part of a government, okay? And the Bible says in um, Philippians 3.20, For you are citizens in heaven from which we await the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And our citizenship in heaven means that we are participating in a heavenly society, a heavenly nation. It's called a holy nation. That nation is the commonwealth of Israel. Jew and Gentile grafted into one new man found in Christ Jesus. That's, that's our nation. That, that's, and, and, and God is overseeing a government that, that, that rules a nation. But 
You know, there are populations within that supernatural nation that we are citizens of because we are citizens of another realm. And that realm is called heaven. And what else do you find in heaven? And, and I actually did a Fireplace Church sermon on this subject a while back. Some of you may have seen that. But we talked about the populations of the kingdom. And we talked about the fact that if you go to heaven, you will find angels. How do I know that? I read my Bible, <laughs> you know, and if you read the book of Revelation, if you read the book of Isaiah, I mean, you know, you have windows into heaven where you actually see things going on in the heavens. In, in, in the book of Isaiah, you see the seraphim that's sent from the throne of God with the fiery cold touch his lips, right? That's, that, that, that's a window into heaven. He's actually seeing what's going on. In the book of Acts, as Stephen is being stony, he looks up, his face shines like an angel. I'm not going to get into that conversation right now. But um, as, as he is dying, he sees into heaven and Jesus is standing at the right hand of the Father. Right. So that's a window into heaven. So there are other windows into heaven when we get into the book of Revelation. We see that John is experiencing windows into heaven as he is being, you know, taken all over the spirit realm after Jesus Christ shows up in chapter one. And guess what? He sees angels. He's talking to angels. He sees angels worshiping the Lord. He sees living creatures, all this kind of stuff. Angels are in heaven. So they are actually part of the same government that we are part of. Angels are not weird. They are actually our brothers in arms. Now, in the Bible, you find a lot of verses referencing different choirs of angels. That means different categories because not every angel looks the same. The Bible gives us nine choirs of angels. I assume there's more than that. But we know that we have at least seraphim, according to Isaiah 6.2, cherubim, according to Genesis 3.24, um, we also passages in the book of Ezekiel chapter 10 thrones Colossians 116 dominions again Colossians 116 virtues or mights that's found in Ephesians 121 we have powers that's Ephesians 612 principalities again Ephesians 612 archangels Jude 9 and of course we have angels which often is a term applied in to generalize all the different hosts of heaven we can also use the hosts of heaven um we we've found other terms that reference angelic activity like the B'nai Elohim, which the King James translates sons of God, but in all cases refers to supernatural entities or just about all cases. And, um, you know, then there are, of course, morning stars that are also referenced. Uh, it, and, and, and this has to do with the heavenly, you know, Jesus says, you know, he is the morning star in the book of Revelation. But in the Old Testament, you see Satan being referred to as a morning star, uh, associating him with Venus. And, and so there's, um, you know, different terminologies that the Bible employs describing angelic activity. And of course, I'm not saying that Jesus is an angel, but the morning star reference. I'm just pointing out some, some biblical facts. And uh, what, I am, what I am saying is that the angels are all over the Bible, they're all over the history of mankind and things have happened. You know, Christians Christians often will accept the idea that they have a guardian angel. But 
they don't really even have a context for what that means. Um, you know, and, and I'm just so tired of the superstitious people, the Christians that are superstitious. And this is why I'm doing this program today, because it's, I find that sometimes we just need to be reeducated according to the word of God. Now, Am I weird? Yes. Do I get into some strange stuff? Absolutely. Um, all of it in the process of asking the Lord, how are we setting your people free today? And today I'm going to share a lot of stories with you uh, for, you know, for a time of, you know, different angelic encounters that we've had, the ways we've seen angels work, the different types and categories of angels that have uh, been employed in our exploits. You know, it's so much cool stuff. Uh, but first I'm going to, you know, take it back to the word of God. Why? Because if there's one thing I find myself responsible for as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ and a pioneer into general weirdness and stuff that makes you uncomfortable. I am responsible to ground it out in the word of God. If I can ground it out in the word of God, then I can talk to you about it. If I can't, I have to question, what am I really dealing with? Um, there's a lot of things that I question, I sit on, um, I will have closed conversations about with people that have biblical knowledge that can help me to test certain ideas or thoughts. But the subject of working with angels is definitely something that I do not need to sit on because <laughs> it's, first of all, all over the Bible. But, and second of all, it's relevant to your life. You know, uh, when, when Christians learn how to collaborate with the agents of the government they serve that are serving on the other side of the veil, their effectiveness inevitably ramps up. I, I remember there was one day I was uh, visiting churches in the area. and um, Well, I wasn't visiting churches, a bunch of churches that day. I was visiting one church one day in an area that I had been visiting some churches in over a period of time. And I said, oh, you know, I'm going to check out this church today. And by this time, you know, I had already been through some, well, <laughs> deeper work with God. I've gone some places with the Lord. I've refined my hearing by spending that time in the place of intimacy with God. And so I'm becoming a little bit more um, accurate and uh, just sensitive to the things of the Spirit. So I'm sitting there and I walk into the church uh, when I get out of my car. And the first thing I hear is, help us. Oh my gosh! Help us! Help us! And I, I'm I'm not hearing it with my physical ears. I'm hearing it in the spirit. And th th there's a communication coming to me from the angels that are actually on assignment in this particular church, <laughs> and they're there, but they are not being engaged or employed. They they're actually stagnant. Because this particular church had no idea how to collaborate with heaven. And, and of course, as I witnessed their service and, you know, um, I mean, they were kind of sandpaper dry, if you know what I'm saying. It's like, oh, gasp. Um, you know, I, I walked out of there and, and I was like kind, kind of almost communicating with my spirit to the angels and I'm like I can't help you guys I'm sorry this isn't my assignment I, I'm not here to, to to talk to the leadership or to educate I'm just visiting I'm sorry you know but it, the angels sometimes will cry out for help because they know things the body of Christ does not and 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 these are parameters and these are uh, protocols 
to engaging them so that they can do their jobs. They know what is required for them to do their jobs. And if they are not being engaged through protocols, they are not able to engage their jobs, but they still have assignments nonetheless. And this blows believers out of the water, but you know, th- this is the introduction to like the reality of the situation. I, I, I mean, um, I walked out of that church and I'm like, I, sorry guys, you know, because they knew that I, I, I'm, a, you know, a different kind of believer. And, uh, you know, the angels that I work with, man, I, you know, I'm speaking upgrades over their equipment. <laughs> I energize their realms and archies. I mean, I, I make sure that the angels that are on assignment with me are working with the best equipment possible. I mean, we, we you know, we've gone pretty far out with this stuff. And um, we, we've learned some protocols and some uh, mysteries and hidden secrets and all that that's helped our warfare to ramp up to other levels of power and, and effectiveness. And, you know, uh, the fruit is <laughs> uh, people want the ministry that we have to offer. So the, um, the, the, the beauty is that even if we don't know the protocols and we haven't been engaging with the angelic realm, our brothers in arms so that they can do their jobs, just like we're supposed to do our jobs, we can learn. Now, the Bible says, and, and I'm going to get into a lot more stories in a second, but I want to ground some of this out. The Bible says in Psalm 103.20, and this is, this is truly a centerpiece of understanding this day. Bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Angels do the word of God. They heed the voice of his word. Now, this is where religious people um, get really tripped up because they say, yeah, the voice of his word, which means that when God speaks, his angels do stuff. They don't listen to people. You can't command your angels angels that's just occultism repackaged and rebranded for christianity i rebuke you in jesus name no see this is what god has given us he has given us his word in the form of the bible (laughs) have you ever read something called the word of god right and then the bible says funny things like All of the promises of God are yes in him and amen in him to the glory of God through us. The Bible says he sent his word and he healed them. You know, the word of God carries power. It carries authority. It carries the signature of God and his approval. It contains and reveals his promises to men. So when his word is spoken, what's happening to those words? And I'll tell you, let me explain to you how this works in the spirit realm. As believers speak, decree, and declare the word of God, angels heed that word and perform it. This is why speaking the promises of God is power because when we speak the word of god decree the word of god pray the word of god stand on the word of god what happens is that the angels of the lord are being engaged through biblical protocol to perform his word 
The religious people think the only voice that can be applied to the word of God is the voice of God. But that is the error. The fact is our voice, my voice, your voice, your friend's voice, your pastor's voice, your prayer minister's voice can speak the word of God. Whoever is speaking it with whatever voice, angels are able to take those words and perform them. That. That is the first step in understanding that we are engaging the angelic realms even when we don't know it. Because when you get a revelation that you are on assignment to decree the word of God to your environment, to your family, to your church, you are engaging with the angelic realm. Now, some Christians don't want to engage in the angelic realm. These are the people that have a problem. They say, yeah. We don't even know what our Bible says. We show up in church for our weekly encouragement. We say wet noodle prayers and go home and judge people that do anything more than this because they're obviously drifting off into heresies and occultism. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Now, the thing is, I want believers to walk in power. I want believers to walk in authority. I want believers to walk in the victory that has been given to us by Jesus Christ. The Bible says, for you have been given the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I get sick and tired of, of, of seeing people walk in what's less than victory. I mean, it's, and, and of course, I, I have this in my face every day because I deal with very complex problems with issues and issues from, from individuals that are overcoming the most incredible challenges. And I never stop believing that they are going to walk in the victory and the full revelation of the finished work of Jesus Christ. And I do not let it go. And I do not settle. And week after week after week, we are pursuing that regardless of what the natural looks like um so as you ramp up in ability to stand in the victory of jesus christ and, and to see the full expression of his kingdom and his government through you you will begin partnering with the agents your brothers in arms on the other side of the veil so step one, you know, as we speak the word of the Lord, we are engaging the angelic. Now, the word of the Lord comes through us in more than one way. Once we get that our voice can declare the word of the Lord, we can actually graduate from only limiting ourselves to a revelation of what's written in the Bible and into the prophetic ministry. Because what is prophecy? Prophecy is the declaring of what the Lord is saying. Prophecies for edification, exhortation, comfort. And then you have different kinds of prophetic declarations that can come to an individual. Some, some of them may fall into the category of word of wisdom or word of knowledge. Uh, some you know, words of knowledge aren't necessarily edifying, but they're truth. <laughs> so you have different categories. There are nine gifts of the Spirit. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge is prophecy they're all listed separately there's also tongues and interpretation of tongues also when you speak the tongues and then you interpret it or have someone else interpret it that interpretation is the word of the lord so the um the reality is as we engage in prophetic ministry and we begin to speak by the unction of the holy spirit those words can be taken by the angels of the lord and performed and this is why when a minister says you know i hear the lord saying i'm healing I, 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 I'm healing cancer right now. 
I hear the Lord saying cancer is being healed right now. As they speak that as a declaration into the atmosphere, angels that are on assignment in a, in a group or in a meeting take that word and they go to the individual with the cancer with that authority and cancer begins to be removed by the angelic activity that's manifesting in the midst of the presence of God that's been established in the meeting. These are some of the mechanics. It's just, we, 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 sometimes we don't think about these things, but nonetheless, it's true. Now, we're just grounding it out. Now, I have another verse for you. The, the Bible says in Psalm 91, 11 through 12, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot upon a stone. Now, God has angels that he puts on assignment with people. And actually, there are some angels that really do operate like guardian angels that are on assignment with a specific individual, and they will have a post in that person's life to bear them up, to guard them, to minister to them regularly, to track with them, and to, uh, you know, be activated sometimes in, in moments where evil tries to go too far or overstep their limitations. Um he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways, lest thou, you know, and bear thee up in their hands. You know, so there are angels that God does put on assignment with believers. They follow us. They are with us. Sounds like a familiar spirit. You sound paranoid. Angels are part of a believer's experience, whether we see them or not. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 13 through 14, but to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? So angels are made ministering spirits. This is very important to understand. Uh, so angels have all kinds of capacities through which they minister to us. And, you know, I, I have a book coming out soon, guys. It's going to be called Prayers That Move Heaven and Shake Earth. Prayers that move heaven and shake earth. And I, I want you to be excited about that because I'm excited about that. And what is that book going to be? Well, this is a shameless plug, but, it, you know, we're, we're going to basically condense a lot of the prayers that are on our website, the, you know, bridemovement.com. We're going to repackage it in a print book that's going to be like pocket size so you can put it in your pocket and carry it around with you. So wherever you are, even if you don't have internet access, you can whip out that book and pray prayers of protection, pray prayers of deliverance, get someone set free on the street corner, whatever you need. Uh, and, and you see, I've written some additional prayers that are not on our website that are going into that book. One of those I'm really excited about is the morning prayer. You know, some of you guys have gotten the evening prayer. And you'll notice, even if you read the evening prayer, that we're engaging the angelic realm intentionally with the word of God by speaking what we have called the evening prayer. And, well, I do the same thing in the morning prayer. And, and one of the things that I do every morning when I pray, because I go in, folks, I go in, I do warfare in the morning, and I'm, you know, just pounding away. Because why? We're under attack all the time. If you think I'm not being attacked by rituals and occultists and have covens with my name, you know, on their board and to say, attack this guy, find a way to stop him, you know, well, let me help you to understand the truth. This is this is my reality. And so, you know, there's a certain, um, well, responsibility that I have to oppose that by force and aggression and with power. So I get up and I punch the devil in the teeth every morning. <laughs> and and um, so I've condensed some of my strategies into something I call a morning prayer. I'm sure you want to know what they are. You'll have to wait for the book because I'm actually not going to 
publish this prayer to our website until we've released the book. And I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm working hard. I'm, we may be able to get it out before the end of the year, but if not, um, definitely by the, by the month of January. So I am going to read you a little snippet, though, of the morning prayer because this gives an example of how the angelic are, you know, going to be engaged in prayer. Angels. Bless the Lord and praise his holy name. You excel in strength. You perform his word. You hearken unto the voice of his word. You are made ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. As an heir of salvation, I speak that your ministry to me is the execution of your assignments. Angels of finance, you are loose to bring me what has been appointed to my storehouse, to find and secure opportunities and to establish an environment of favor around me. Angels of healing, you are loose to ensure that attacks against my health are derailed. You are loose to block the transmission of infectious diseases, to prevent food poisoning, to interrupt accidents that will cause harm to my body, to heal issues in my flesh, soul, and spirit. Angels of warfare, you are loose to conquest against the enemies of God that oppose me and my assignments, mandates, and callings. I declare that you conquest against all time thieves in the name of Jesus. Okay, I'm going to stop there. There's a whole lot more where that came from. But what I want to give you guys is the idea, the understanding, the uh, well, the, the revelation that you know angels are designed to be employed by believers. The, the problem that the angels have is that when no one is speaking the word of God, they don't actually have the ability to do their jobs because we have to give agreement and 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 i want to bring correction to some faulty theology at this time see, see some people think that god and the devil both have the capacity to just do whatever they want wherever they want right because if god wants it done he'll just do it he controls everything. And then, you know, the devil, he just roams the earth, seeking whom he may devour. So that means that he just, you know, is actually controlling the earth because he owns the earth. You know, all these ideas that are, are frankly, absurd. And um, that, that's not the way it works. See, God limits himself by his own rules. He, he's actually self-limiting in his power because he is righteous. And so if he sets a rule, a protocol, he always abides by his rules. He never breaks his own rules. And the way he set things up is that he will not move without man involved. He will always find a man to agree with his agenda. The Bible says the Lord does nothing except he tells the servants the prophets. The reason why is because the prophets must declare the word of God into the earth to establish agreement so that God can move. Now, God's plans have already been established by prophets of old. They've prophesied the end from the beginning. God wins, and that can't be changed. But there's a lot of minutiae that there are, there's still a responsibility for prophets in the earth to declare now things relative to individual lives, certain cities, nations. Um, you know, th there's a lot of things being contended over. And the reality is that God will always move with the partnership of men. This is why the Bible describes our relationship with Jesus as a co-laboring. 
It means God doesn't just do it because he controls everything. No, he partners with man intentionally. And this is why the Bible says, when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because the, the, the will of God is not being done in the earth. The will of God is not an automatic. And so believers need to agree with the word of God, decree the word of, word of God, speak that the will of God be established in the earth so that man's agreement can enforce the advance of God's government in the earth. The same thing works for Satan, except Satan is not self-limiting. He cheats as much as possible, but he is limited by his own nature. Uh, he is not God. And so he has to also work through the agency of man. Yes, he walks around the earth seeking whom he may devour, but he devours them so that he can convince them to set their agreement with his agenda so that he can move in the earth. If you go to a nation where there is a lot of witchcraft, warlocks, sorcery, all kinds of occult practices, whatever, there is going to be a heaviness, a darkness over that nation that is not present in a nation where there is a lot of people seeking after God, Jesus Christ, righteousness, speaking the blessings of God over the land, so on and so forth. Two totally different environments. Why? Because there is a lot more room to work because human agency is being employed. You do not find a very open spiritual atmosphere where there's a lot of evil and darkness and rituals and occult built into the culture. The, God sends his agents and ambassadors on assignment into these regions sometimes to dismantle high-level evil. But truly, you see it. You, we witness this. You don't just see God just doing all kinds of awesome things all the time in an area where there's stark unbelief and huge degrees of occult power until he sends an agent of his kingdom to introduce that region to his government. And then he's working through that agent <laughs> and through the impact of the prayers that that agent and his team or those that are coming under that, you know, are, are, are now applying to the region. We witnessed this. This is actually how it works. So, so both God and the devil are working through human agents because this is the way God laid it out. So, so believers think, oh, well, you know, um, you know, if God wants it done, it'll just be done. No, you need to speak the word of God. You need to get on your knees and pray. You need to fast. You need to pray and worship. Because even worship opens up the, the, the uh, capacity for angels to do their jobs. You know, see, so, uh, but, you know, sometimes if the worship's dry and it hasn't engaged the spirit and it's very soul, it's very earthly, it's very, you know, that, that does not actually get the angelic engaged you know singing hymns with completely in the soul not engaging god just executing rituals this does nothing for the angels they, they just sit there and twiddle their thumbs so, and and if you are very sensitive and and see this is some of the revelation that we've run into we've actually seen angels discouraged in their assignments because they are on assignment with believers that do not get it in environments or on assignment with churches that do not get it and they just sit there and, and they wait and hope for people to get a revelation, to go deep with God, to go into true worship, to begin actually preaching and speaking the word of God so they have something to do. So I, I want to help you to understand. This is why I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm talking to you. 
I want you to understand, because you are here, you are an ambassador of the government of God on assignment to advance the government of God in the earth. That's your job, that you're actually here for that purpose. You know, you're not here to just make money, to make a name for yourself, to make your parents happy. It was like, you know, there are some good things that are not God things. And, you know, there are some God things that are also good things. And, yes, some people are on assignment to make money to fund the kingdom, but your heart has to be in the right place going into the assignment. Don't just say, well, I know that it's my job to make money to fund God's kingdom, so I'm going to be a total, you know, uh, belligerent jerk and, and do all this other stuff and be totally narcissistic, but write a nice tithes check and I'm doing my job because I know it's my job to make money for the kingdom of God. No. You, you need to be slapped upside the head. You need to go deep with God, become intimate with him, and become a, a, a uh, <laughs> participating member of your holy nation to achieve the heart of God for why you have your assignment to make wealth and then to partner with the resources of God to go farther than you could have ever gone in and of yourself. And then turn around and write a big tithe check and fund ministries and the works of God in the earth and so on and so forth. Get the right heart. Don't think that because you have a limited capacity to execute an assignment that you know is related to the things of God without submission to his spirit, it's okay to do it that way. God is calling his people higher. Now, um... There are a lot of angels that we have seen as we have done work. And it, it's just so cool to have this ever-expanding revelation like, oh my gosh. God is really serious about advancing his government in the earth. Now, it, let me explain advancing government. What does it mean to advance the government of God? Jesus said in the, um, the, to, to the Pharisees, do you not know that the kingdom of God is within? The um, classic Amplified Bible says, the kingdom of God is in your hearts and also among you. It is a government that is a realm, that is heaven, that extends from that place in the spirit, dimensionally separated from earth, into earth through the heart of a believer. And then is unpacked through the heart of the believer into an environment around a believer's life or the environment around a believer's community. Because when multiple believers come together, all carrying the government of God, they establish a realm in the earth that is, that, that is the government of God and the kingdom of God among them. They actually open it up like portals. Why does that not weird you out, Daniel, to talk the way you're talking? Because I'm actually using common English vernacular to explain Bible speak. Does the Bible use the word portal? No, but it uses the word gates. And it uses the word gates in the book of Psalms in reference to man, saying we are gates. The Bible uses the word temple. And the Bible says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But what was a temple but a giant portal used to manifest the Shekinah glory of God into the earth? 3D time space. The temple was a portal, access point for God. And if we are the temple, we become the portal, access point for God, or the gate. You know what a portal is? A portal is a door or a gate. So I'm literally using Bible speak in common English vernacular when I use the word portal. Why do people think the word portal is weird? 
Okay, so anyway, done ranting. Talking about the angels that we have seen in action was so cool. You know, because what, what are we doing? We, we are executing our assignments, right? What is our assignment? Set the captives free. <laughs> At least that's one of my assignments. Set the captives free. It's part of Isaiah 61, you know. We came to preach the gospel to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to comfort those that mourn in Zion, to declare the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of the vengeance of our God. We do that. That, that is literally the ministry to survivors packaged into a couple verses. I, you know, um, declaring the day of the vengeance of our God is actually a component of the ministry to survivors because they are walking um, class action lawsuits against the kingdom of darkness. And when that is leveraged, their case of injustice is leveraged in the courts of heaven. It is the revealing. It leads to the revealing of the vengeance of God. People say, Daniel, how do you collapse realms in the spirit? Because I indict them in the courts of heaven as having committed grave injustice on the basis of the testimonies of injustice held within the persons of survivors that I am ministering to. And so when we find these evil realms of, uh, mm, you know, injustice in the spirit, Regions of captivity that have been built by the powers of darkness. Counterfeit timelines they tried to anger to individuals and the earth to bring in globalist New World Order agendas. We are able to go in and say, but look at what they've done. Here's the evidence and this is the person that has suffered. And now we are going to reveal against them and their realms the vengeance of God. And it is so violent, so brutal. Those realms collapse under the weight of the judging power of God. So, Anyway, I'm going a little further than I was intending to with that. I'm going to pause there. You know, if you want more stuff like that, you should show up at the fireplace church because I go deep. Uh, but anyway, angels. You know, we are always working with angels and and uh, they show up. They do their jobs with us. And uh, here are some of the angels that we have seen in work. Traveling angels. You know, when we talk about traveling mercies, right? You're going to take an airplane. You're going to, you know. Uh, drive in a car. Um, you're going to check a bag at the airport. There, there are angels that are engaged as we speak traveling mercies and protective prayers over ourselves when we go to travel. There's actually, you know, these guys, they'll come, they'll escort your car, they'll escort you on the airplane, they'll escort your luggage. They, they actually do this stuff. It's so cool. Like, we don't understand what God meant when he said you are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Let me give you a whole other revelation of what it means to be a co-heir with Christ. You see, Jesus is attended to by the angels. And as a co-heir with him, someone who has been elevated to that status of sonship in the kingdom, <laughs> he has not given you the spirit of, adoption, or, or, of, of fear, but the spirit of adoption whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. We are actually able to call God the Father, Father, because we are adopted as sons. We have been made heirs and co-heirs with Christ. Jesus is attended by angels. You don't know what you are intended to walk in. And I'm here to tell you, God will have his traveling angels escort you places. 
But if you have believers that are out of alignment with kingdom protocol, they're not speaking the prayers of protection. They are not pleading the blood of Jesus over their luggage when they're traveling and their car. They are not, you know, saying, angels, I agree with your assignments to uh, escort me where I am going. Things of this nature. They're actually living apart from their inheritance. They're actually not walking in their inheritance because our inheritance is engaged by faith and action. Not by stagnation and uh, uh, despondency. <laughs> so th there are traveling angels. Yeah. They'll help your stuff. You know, I have not had a piece of luggage lost in travel in a decade. Why? Every piece of luggage I have has the blood of Jesus on it and it is being escorted. You know, um, one of the other types of angels that we see, we, we actually do see healing angels. And, you know, for some people, that, 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 that's a real... Uh, hmm. Point of contention because they say, "Oh, that's weird." Healing angels, isn't that? That's what New Agers do. They use the healing angels, and those are demons. The healing angels are the demons. That's what the demons are doing. You're telling us to work with demons, Dandeval. You're telling us, you know what? I rebuke you in Jesus' name. <laughs> now let me read you a piece of the Bible, and uh, then we'll talk a little more. So, now the Bible actually says in John five. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda. And having five porches in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. Verse 3 or 4. Uh, verse 4. For an angel. Wait a minute. Daniel, you must be making stuff up. You can't actually be reading the Bible right now. Actually, I am reading the Bible, you paranoid people. And this is what the Bible actually says. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well with whatever disease he had. This is what you call a healing angel. Done. So we see angels of healing on a regular basis, and, and they have different manifestations. Uh, this one stirred the waters. We've seen angels with wings come in that beat their wings in the spirit with certain frequencies and vibrations. And as they will come over an individual and beat their wings with these vibrations, the vibrations actually import into that individual healing the healing power of god it's profound um we have seen angels that are really good at healing certain types of issues you know that you sometimes you see ministers that you know they have an anointing it's called to heal certain types of issues whether it be um back issues you know they have a particular glory that follows them wherever they go back issues are being healed or you know issues of um you know the cardiovascular system people with internal organs that, that get healed regularly some people have a specific glory that you know they, they regularly see blind eyes open and it's like why why does this particular individual repeatedly see this particular type of manifestation 
Oftentimes, the actual answer is because the angel that is on assignment with that ministry is a healing angel that's trained and on assignment to heal that thing. So the person, as they're praying, are actually working with an angel of the Lord that's on assignment with their ministry. As they're praying over a blind eye, the angel that heals blind eyes is is actually doing that. They're healing the blind eyes with the healing power of Jesus Christ that flows through them. And so the glory that's on that ministry is, you know, the uh, accompanying of that ministry by specific types of angels. And God can add different kinds of angels of manifestation to a minister. More recently, I had a seer point out to me that there was a choir of angels that was added to our ministry and they, they sing and they carry, you know, healing assignments of God as well. And so they say, you know, Daniel, we, 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 I anticipate you're going to see a lot more physical healing coming through your ministry now. And I'm like, well, yes and amen. Let's employ them. Hey, guys, glad to have you on the team. Um, so God, through a person's life, may add, um, you know, certain angels on assignment with them. But once the angels are added, it's the believer's job to step out in faith, to actually go and pray for the people that need the blind eyes open so the angel can do their job to speak the word. You see what I'm saying? If God assigns a person an angel to manifest certain kinds of healings and then that person gets discouraged and stops praying for people, that angel's going to be sitting down on the couch being like, ah, what, what, what am I doing? Come on, man. Let's get to work. Let's bring glory to the name of Jesus. Use your gift. <laughs> you know, this is one of the reasons why the devil wants to wear out believers. You know, the, the, the Bible says one of the Antichrist agendas is to wear out the saints. And so Jesus said, you know, <laughs> do not grow weary in well-doing, for you shall reap in due season if you faint not. Keep engaging because there's more going on than you see with your physical eyes. Uh, we have seen, you know, some of the healing angels. I, I remember there was a whole team of them that came in to a person's brain to begin undoing nanotech and crystal, liquid crystal implants that have been put inside of the brain. And as they were uh, pulling them out, uh, they were actually coming out of the body and 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 I'll, I can name the individual because they came on a program and talked about it. Her name was Elena, and 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 lots of physical implants were coming out of her body on a regular basis, and they looked like all kinds of things, rocks, and uh, some looked like piece of technology, and others. Like, it's looking just whoa. What was happening? We would see in the spirit the angels that were on assignment to take this stuff apart from inside of her physical vessel and put it out of the skin and, and, and expunge it. And as it was expunged, there were memories coming back and things that were locked down that were no longer locked down, parts and gifts and abilities, so on and so forth. Folks, we are working with the resources of God to set the captives free. What the heck would I be doing as a minister of the Lord if I'm sitting here and I'm having someone manifest the expunging of literal physical implants saying, yeah, I don't think it's angels doing that, even though you see them and they're talking to you and talking about Jesus and actually standing there with Jesus, getting assignment updates at a, you know different points in time. I think, I, I think we're drifting into superstition and occultism. This must not be right. 
So, folks, I'm here to tell you, you have resources you don't know about. We are part of a government that is on earth to advance the agenda of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we are responsible to speak and to act in such a way that the agents that are on the other side of the veil, our brothers in arms, are able to do their jobs as well. We have a huge degree of responsibility. Why? Because God chose to do it this way. He works through the agency of man. It's so funny because sometimes I will actually get reports when I show up somewhere. People will have their eyes open, they'll see in the spirit, and they'll be like, when you come in, Daniel, the angels they just start getting really excited. <laughs> yeah, because they know they're about to get to do something cool. I'm going to give him a job. You know, um, we had the privilege to go to Kansas City um, a few months ago. It was, it was re you know, really awesome, awesome time. Uh, we did, did, did some corporate activations. And a lot of people had angelic encounters, seeing angels doing things with them or parts of them or their spirits in the spirit realm, setting them free, putting things in alignment, breaking down barriers, breaking chains. I mean, because we were doing warfare prayer and it just engaged the angelic and all of this, you know, activity begins to go on and this glory set in and it's, it was just awesome. Well, that, that, that's being done intentionally. You know, it's like, you know, angels get excited because I know what I'm doing and you can too. You know, God, God is raising up a company of people right now that he intends to make the book of Acts look like kindergarten. He's like, I'm going to use you to make what you read in the book of Acts look like kindergarten because I'm taking you higher. Yeah, you, the one that had to slap your hand down because you were being superstitious before I started talking. You're the one. You, God wants you to go further than these people in the book of Acts did. So get out of your own way. Anyway, um, warring angels. Now, I love the warring angels because they have no sense of humor. And I do. So <laughs> we engage these warring angels all the time. And the funny thing is when I'm working with survivors, you know, a lot of times people say, how do the mechanics work that you see all these angels and stuff? I don't actually see all these angels. As a matter of fact, uh, sometimes I'll, I'll hear them a little bit. You know, um, I will discern what they are doing at times, but it's not necessarily that I get the panoramic view. Uh, you know, we've been doing a series with a, a, a client of mine, Casey, and many of you have been enjoying that. And we explained it in there. As we're doing the work in the spirit, she's seeing, I'm speaking. And I'm speaking to what she's seeing. And so this is how it works a lot of times and I, I prefer to do things this way because when I work with people I would rather have people see and have their own revelation of what's going on with them than just sitting there and have me tell them what I think is going on with them and taking their responsibility for their own healing and, and engaging in their own healing journey out of the equation so I, I don't like to be God to people I like to engage with God to help people get set free and to know that at the end of the day, their freedom came from the hand of Jesus Christ. Now, as we are doing this work, you know, the, 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 the eyes, the spiritual eyes of people I'm working with will just open up and they'll see different kinds of things going on. And, and so 
that's how we're engaging. So, so sometimes, you know, I'll be working with a person, their eyes are open, they're seeing in the spirit, and they begin to see the warring angels. And they'll even come in on assignment. They'll be like, you know, we're ready to fight. And um, it, it, it's really funny because when they're seeing the angels and they're hearing them like clearly, crystal clear, like word for word verbatim, I, I love to engage because what I'll do is I will actually make jokes sometimes. <laughs> you know, I'll actually make jokes and uh, just to see how they respond. And the mercy angels and some of the more, you know, ministerial types of angels, they're actually a lot more relaxed, cool, you know, that they'll laugh. And sometimes they make jokes, too. It's really funny. And the person will actually watch and hear this happening. But with the warring angels, I love these guys because they don't really have a sense of humor. So they'll give strange looks. They'll make funny faces. Um, people will see the faces and find it very, very entertaining it's like is this really happening is dan Duvall sitting here making jokes with angels and watching and i'm i'm literally watching their responses <laughs> yes <laughs> and and this is where people get really confused because see i'm telling you guys angels are our brothers we've been so superstitious and so religious we haven't really understood what we're working with you know one of the cool things is that if you read in the book of revelation um chapter um Twenty-one, uh, no, twenty-two. It says in the verse eight. Uh, now I, John, saw and heard these things, and when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Then he said to me, "See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant and of your brethren the prophets and of those who keep the words of this book. Worship God." So I'm, what I'm telling you is these spirits that we're calling angels that we're working with in the spirit realm, also, you know, cherubim, seraphim, thrones, these, the hosts of heaven, they're our brothers in arms. <laughs> That's what the Bible actually says about them. So we're, we're here working together. It, we, we totally missed it. We're so religious. We're so superstitious. We, we don't get it. Like, and what we really don't get is just how profound God is. Because God, God didn't just create you with individuality. And every human on this planet having different qualities, different characteristics, different purpose, different personality, different disposition. And, and he called it good. <laughs> the angels are the same way. They all have different personalities. And, and this is the beautiful thing about God. You know, you know what abuse is? One of the definitions of abuse is applying something or someone to the wrong use. You know, okay, let's say you have a four-year-old child. The four-year-old child is not a sexual object. And when you apply the child to that, you are committing abuse. A woman, a wife, is not designed to be a punching bag. Some of you need to hear that. She is designed to be loved and cherished, provided for and protected, honored. This is the deal. When you don't do that and you apply her to the punching bag purpose, that is abuse. Applying to the wrong use. But... On the lighter end of things, if you have a person that is very outgoing, 
very well spoken, of a huge people person. Abuse is to take that personality and make them sit behind a desk and do data entry, knowing their purpose and their disposition. You're applying them to the wrong use. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes God ensures that we go through seasons where we are applied to the wrong use so that we don't deviate from his plans and purposes ever again. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Now, this is what it's going to look like if you don't continue in faithfulness. You'll be stuck doing something you were never designed to do. So get your act together. Right. Um, so, so sometimes we have to submit to a season where we are being applied to the wrong purpose and just be faithful to that. But what I'm saying is... Um, <laughs> when we go through that season, we feel abused. We feel like, oh, my life is horrible. You know, stuff like that. Here's the deal. Every angel in the kingdom of God is actually employed in a job that fits their design. The warring angels are serious and stern and strong and mighty. And you don't want to pick a fight with those guys because they're really, really big and tough. I love the warring angels. They don't really have a sense of hum like humor many times. They don't really need one. You know, the funny thing is, if you expose them to enough humor, sometimes they'll even undergo a bit of a personality shift and start engaging in the humor too. Like, I just... <laughs> Okay, um, let me stop there. But, you know, the, the thing is, these angels all have uniqueness. And it's the wisdom of God because we can see the wisdom of God as a CEO, as a king, applying all of his creation to the purpose that they were designed to be applied to. That's what you find in the angelic realms. In all of their ranks, the angels are doing what they were designed to do. Whether they're ministering and mercy angels or worshiping angels, cherubim, whether they're warring angels or traveling angels, like they are in a job that fits their design. So much wisdom in that. They have uniqueness in their personality. And you know, not all mercy angels are the same person. Some people think that the angels are just like data, like like just a program. They're just a robot that God just, you know, put. No way! They have uniqueness. And we are their brothers in arms here on earth to advance the government of God. The idea that Christians need to be superstitious about the angelic realm is satanic infiltration of doctrine. I firmly believe that because if the devil can get you superstitious of engaging with the angelic realm and shut that down and make you be one of these believers that just sings dry hymns, sits in a pew, goes home and judges everybody else that tries to go for something a little deeper, he's impaled the church. He does not want the government of God to advance. And he knows that when believers know how to collaborate with the agents that God has put on the other side of the veil for the advancement of his purposes, he's in big trouble. He is in big trouble. And he hates people that get this revelation so much. You know, I've been getting a lot of FUs in the spirit. This is really funny. This is really funny. You know, and I, I because I have my spiritual ears open, so I'll hear this stuff. <laughs> 
It's so funny. You know, sitting there, we're doing deliverance and like we'll get a name of a power. We'll get a, you know, an understanding of his realm of authority in a person's life. Maybe the constructs they've gotten in the individual. Once we land on the truth and we're like, all right, time to deal with this in Jesus name. Get the captive set free. I'll actually hear in the spirit. F you, Dan Duvall. F you. What the F, Dan Duvall. And um, I, I, sometimes, I, I kid you not, guys. There are times I will just bust out laughing. I'm working with someone. I will just bust out laughing because it's funny to me. And this is what it looks like when the powers of darkness come up against believers that know what they're doing. They're just so angry. They don't know what to do. They are the ones that are frustrated. You know, many times I believe I, I meet believers and the believers are frustrated by the enemy and all the things that are coming against their life. What about the day when a believer arrives and says, you know, in the name of Jesus, we're the ones frustrating the enemy. Yeah, you can be that guy. You, the one that was paranoid when I started talking and wanted to judge me and say that I'm a problem. Leading the body of Christ in heresies and stuff. You, <laughs> you're the one God's after for this stuff. Okay. We've seen so many different types of angels. You know, uh, th th there are financial angels that go out and literally bring in resources. I, I did a program, a podcast on wealth and the kingdom of God. And I've, I, 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 one of the things that we found is that oftentimes when the enemy is targeting a person's finances, he will go after the angels that are on assignment with that believer with heavy, heavy warfare and tie them up so they cannot do their jobs. And in, in a lot of deliverance sessions, one of the things that we've done, well, maybe not a lot, but whenever it comes up, we're actually speaking. I take the sword of the Lord and I cut every cord that binds the angels that are on assignment to bring finances in Jesus' name. I declare they are set free from their prisons. I declare that everything that guards them is, you know, steamrolled by tsunamis of living water and in the name of Jesus I declare that they are reinstated filled with the strength of Jesus Christ and loose to go and do what the Lord has called them to do in Jesus name you know and the thing is that we don't understand the nature of spiritual warfare angels can get bound up in the process of executing warfare on behalf of a believer especially when that believer has no prayer no faith bunches of unbelief no worship and no grounding in the word like there, there's no spiritual growth going on in that person oh, the angels feed on your worship so if you are creating an atmosphere of worship in your house and maybe in your job if that's possible in different areas like the angels are being energized in that place and they're able to do their assignments more effectively because they're strong. We've met angels that have, you know, I mean, to the point the angels are like exhausted because they're trying to do a job devoid of an atmosphere that brings life and energization to them. Because the person is not establishing an environment charged by the glory of God, charged by an active pursuit of intimacy with Jesus Christ. So the angels themselves, they are, they are suffering for that reason. I know this sounds strange and this is violating some of your theologies, but I don't care. This is true. God needs you to know this. There's a, there's a great deal of consequence for the way you as a believer are executing your life. If you think that your entire responsibility is to listen to podcasts and watch porn all day, 
You are not contributing to the advancement of the government of God. Your angels are not engaged. And, um, see, in order for things to move in the natural realm, they must be moved in the spirit realm first. It's all, this is where people get so confused. They think, if I just work harder, if I just try harder, the spirit precedes the natural in all things. What is done in the natural is always, and what occurs in natural, is always going to ultimately submit to what exists and what is done and what is established in the spirit. Therefore, if you know that you are on assignment to do something for God in the natural, you better do the work in the spirit on the front end of that thing and continue to enforce it into the execution of it. So that when you build it in the natural, you are actually building a mirror of what's been birthed in the spirit already. You need to collaborate with the angels to bring to manifestation the things that God has for you to walk in. They are there as ministering spirits appointed to the heirs of salvation. They, in the execution of their jobs, makes your assignment possible and will bring your assignment to full expression. Some of the other angels we've seen at work, guardian angels, they will stand in a post to protect the children of God. Linking angels, these are interesting. They will sometimes come around a person's property, link arms, so that evil cannot penetrate the borders of that property. Uh, worshiping angels. This is recorded in the Bible. They stand around the throne of God and sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who was and who is and who is to come. You know, there are many angels whose whole job, whole purpose, whole existence is for worship. And when we worship, they show up and worship with us. They will fill in an atmosphere of worship. They'll burn incense and stuff. There are um, messenger angels. They come in and deliver messages. You know, I made a post on my Facebook wall talking about protocols. And people were like, what do you mean by protocols, Daniel? Protocols, that doesn't, that, I don't get it. And I, and I was explaining, you know, before I moved to Dallas, I was really, um, you know, struggling about, you know, wh what to do. And um, my wife and I were in a discussion about where are we going to live when we are married? And, um, you know, God had not given me an instruction to go to Dallas, but God had been telling her, you are going to Dallas. And so there was this conflict where it's like, well, what are we going to do? Because on one hand, I don't have a release for that. But on the other hand, you're hearing that we are going. And um, to, to give a long story short... Uh, we were sitting in a, a session with our premarital counselor and he, a man of God, you know, communicated, Daniel, you, um, you know, I, I see you, you, you're trying to do your best to follow the Lord. And I'm just going to be honest and tell you, you know, you're not really hearing the Lord on this subject saying anything either way. You're just not receiving the release. I'm getting that you 
are supposed to go to Dallas. Essentially, you know, it seems like everything is actually pointing that direction. And so what I did was I said, well, you know what, sir, I submit to that. And um, I'm going to do that. I'm just going to decide I'm going to Dallas because, you know, I've been struggling. I haven't had the release I'm looking for. But at the same time, I'm going to step into submission on this issue because I trust your judgment. And um, what that did, that actually gave my wife an opportunity to witness my capacity to submit to wise counsel. I, in the Submission Act, didn't actually have a full conviction of what I was submitting to yet. And this is actually a huge lesson in submission because when we submit, many times we don't have a full conviction of what we are submitting to, but that, that's why it's called submission. <laughs> and a lot of Christians don't know how to submit at all, and that's why they can't work with other people because they think, my Holy Ghost is the only voice that gets a voice, and, and sometimes their Holy Ghost isn't the Holy Ghost. Well, um, this was actually all orchestrated by God. So after that, I went and I took a bath, and I'm like sitting in my bathtub. That's why it's kind of awkward. And, you know, so I'm like praying, and I'm like, okay, God, well, I don't know what this means. I agreed to do something, but I don't know that I necessarily have clearance from you, but I'm submitting and whatever. And God was like, good job, champion. And then he began to break down to me that he was orchestrating this so that my wife would actually have the opportunity to see, and this was before we were married, um, my capacity to submit because that's something that was important to her. And at the same time, he was, you know, testing me for some things. And and, and at the end of the day, uh, he said, you know, great job. Dallas is definitely it. And then an angel showed up. And I'm, I'm sitting in my bathtub. I'm like, what? You know, but it wasn't in the physical. It was like a physical guy walked in my thing. I'm like, oh, what are you doing in my bathtub? Like, it was in the spirit, but I was discerning it. And it was very clear. You know, I, I felt him. I knew he was there. And so, you know, I was already in that place of prayer, in that environment of, you know, God seeking. And, and so uh, my spiritual senses were active, um, sight and sight. Remember, the Bible says you have eyes, but you see not, and ears, but you hear not. What does it look like when your spiritual eyes and ears are working? Um, well, it looks like you can discern these kinds of things. The angel walks in, and he has a scroll, and he gives it to me. This is a scroll for Dallas. Whoa, this is what I was believing God for all this time, because I wanted that authorization. To be in Dallas, because as a kingdom agent, I, I, I've had a revelation. Everywhere I go, there is a consequence for that, because there's a certain thing I carry. And, and so no matter where I go, it's like the powers of darkness and everything in the spirit realm is looking at me like, what is he doing here? So if I try to move somewhere, and this is true for you too, I mean, you just haven't recognized it. If I try to move somewhere, I'm not authorized to live. The enemy is actually going to use that as an accusation against me to pummel me and prevent my business from growing in that location, prevent ministry from growing in that location, prevent relationships from flourishing in that location. But when I have authorization to live somewhere, well, I'm submitted to the government that I serve and I have the backing of the government of God to execute my assignment in that area that I've been assigned. And so I received documents. So I ate them and they became part of my person. So my assignment in Dallas is inseparable from who I am now because I consumed that scroll just like John in the book of Revelation got the scroll from the angel, swallowed it, and what? You are still to now, you know, prophesy to kings and to leaders and to nations. Like this was, so this was an assignment that was endowed upon him by the reception of the scroll and authorization to do this job that became one with his person as the scroll was consumed. After that, Dallas opened up for me like a flower. 
And we're walking in the fruit of that now. It's, it's been amazing. I, and, and God has done so much I'm not going to get into. But there are angels that are messengers. They deliver things to us, like new assignments or scrolls. Uh, sometimes, you know, all kinds of things. Uh, a couple other thoughts. You know, there are angels that work in the areas of opportunity. You know, they, they go and, and they arrange for divine appointments and connections. Um, and they can open doors of opportunity and um, they, they, they will be dispatched to do this kind of work. We have worked with this really cool group called, I call them technician angels, because when we're dealing with satanic ritual abuse and, and especially the government stuff, we've run into a lot of high tech stuff. A lot of high tech where people are being, um, you know, interfaced with computers. And if you don't understand what that means, you can listen to a program I did with Hope, Illuminati Defector, who actually gave the details as she remembers them of how they put the uh, device on her head. They were, um, you know, blasting her with waves and sounds and frequencies. And there was a computer on the under end of that. And they were actually interfacing her with the computer through the programming. Um, and of course, this will be enhanced with different kinds of technologies like the nanotech, the liquid crystal implants, different kinds of, you know, uh, uh, you know, <sighs> cataloging of brainwave signatures and frequencies so that the brain can be affected by their weapons that are tuned, you know, to uh, their, 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 their brainwave signatures. And these, this, is, this is a lot of what targeted individuals are going through where they're being hacked by technology. And it's, it's very hard to understand, well, how does this even happen to somebody? But we're dealing with it. And I will tell you, uh, when we're dealing with it, God has a whole group called technician angels that will come in and do a lot of the unplugging and uh, dismantling of the beast computer systems and the other, you know, whatever it is, holographic computers, quantum computers that are interfacing with the individual that actually do show up within that individual when you look at it in the spirit as computers inside of them. There are angels that will come in and do that work, and we've worked with them to take, you know, computers out of people, and that's resulted in fruit and deliverance and breakthrough in their lives. It's really awesome. Um, and, and this is the thing, right? The Bible says you shall know them by their fruit. I, I wouldn't tell you about this stuff if there was no fruit associated with it. Folks, there's so much fruit, it's ridiculous. I wish I had a better word for ridiculous. And I want you to know that you are working with more than you think. You know, some people think, oh, God has abandoned me. Where is he? He's nowhere to be found. You don't know what he has set up. Sometimes we just have to exit unbelief and begin to engage by faith. You know, the Bible says, ask and it will be answered. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. How does this message, Daniel, all the stuff you're talking about, how is it relevant to my life? How, how can I begin to step into some of these things? Ask and it will be answered. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. Begin to ask the Lord. Seek. Lord, show me, you know, what angels you have on assignment with me and um, how you want me to better engage with my brothers in arms on the other side of the veil. He's going to tell you things like, yeah, worship me more. Make these kinds of declarations every morning. So on and so forth. Um, there are mercy angels. Uh, we've seen hundred footer angels. Uh, we've seen sentinel angels that come in and patrol stuff. Um, uh, you know, folks, I'm going to say this. I'm out of time. Uh, I'm done talking right now. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. We'll be back next week. Until then, God bless and Godspeed.
You've been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. If you would like to connect with us at Bride Ministries or to support what we are doing financially, visit us at www.bridemovement.com.